Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Today is Monday, February 15th, and you are listening to Rocket City Lift. everyone. Welcome to Rocket City Lift. I'm Tara Bulger. And I'm Brett Goodman. We come to you three times a week and try to bring a bit of a spiritual lift to your day. Today, we're going to talk about the transfiguration. But before we get to scripture, let's begin with prayer. Let us pray. Jesus Christ, we ask that you would reveal yourself to us, that who you are would transcend into our lives and be cause for transformation. We pray this all in your name. Amen. Amen. Our passage today is from Mark's gospel, the ninth chapter, verses two through nine. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and led them up a high mountain apart by themselves. And he was transfigured before them and his clothes became dazzling white, such as no one on earth could bleach them. And there appeared to them Elijah with Moses, who were talking with Jesus. Then Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say, for they were terrified. Then a cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud there came a voice. This is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. Suddenly, when they looked around, they saw no one with them anymore, but only Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, he ordered them to tell no one about what they had seen until after the Son of Man had risen from the dead. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. God. Tara, when, when Peter sees this freaky transformation, he wants to build three dwellings. Uh, why do you think he wants to do that? And can you relate at all to Peter's response? Well, first of all, I think his response is actually a faithful one because we have all through scripture places where faithful people would mark the spot where they had had an interaction with God, where Mm -hmm. something um, more than themselves would happen. So in the old, old Testament, it would be the, the building of an Ebenezer, Uh, a thing of rocks. Mm -hmm. Then eventually we have, right, the the tabernacle um, into the temple. And so I think his response is in some ways faithful. Um, And can I relate? Gosh, you know, I can. I I mean, the, the temptation to like want to say or do something immediately is so human, right? I mean, he's scared. He has no idea what just happened. He knows what he's seen. And so immediately he tries to get into action and has something to say. And I, I love that the instruction from God is just to listen, just to listen to who Jesus is. And we have to remember, right, that as John Calvin said, the minute Jesus came into the world, worship was no longer confined to one place or even one time. And so, you know. 11 o'clock on Sunday is a really important time to me, but it is by no means the only time I'm called to worship. What do you think? 
Yeah, I mean, you know, it's translated as dwellings, but as you said, it, it can, it, in a larger meaning, it's, it's kind of a, a faithful remembrance. Um, I mean, I, I think as readers, sometimes, sometimes I pass over the miraculous. Um, you yeah. know, uh, Elijah, according to scriptures, was carried off in a chariot of fire. Moses conversed with God and then just kind of leaves. And, and in many Jewish thoughts, he never actually died. So these two uh, huge characters of the faith all of a sudden appeared talking to Jesus. Um, and so, and the fact that Peter wants to bake three dwellings, as you said, uh, is a faithful response. He's recognizing in this moment, he's had a, he's having a transformation of understanding that perhaps my rabbi is a bit more, you know, this, this idea that the person that I'm following is, is not just uh, a great teacher is not just um, a wonderful prophet. uh, But this teacher that I'm following um, is someone who uh, is on par with these patriarchs that have been the core of my belief. Um, Can I relate to that? Um, Yes and no. I'm not sure that uh, I'm not sure that whenever I see something, especially something that terrifies me, even though I can recognize it perhaps as God's power, my response probably isn't faithfulness immediately in that moment. <laughs> that might, that takes that takes a little more reflection for me uh, uh, to to get to the point of saying, I want to remember this. Um, and I, it takes a while for me to, to break it down in my head and think about it. Um, and, you know, that's the, that's the joy of Peter as a character. Uh, he, he responds no matter what. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, there's no lukewarm Christian about him, right? No. I mean, he's all in on everything. Um, and I do like that. You know, we have this um, phrase returning to the scene of the crime. As Christians, we often return to the scene of the miracle, right? Yeah. The, the place where we have encountered God and the trick, not the trick, but the important thing to remember is that the place is not the miracle. Hmm. God is the miracle. Yeah. Um, and it can be really tempting to worship the thing that remains behind, but it's we're really only supposed to hold on to God and mm-hmm. Jesus who we listen to. So it's, you know, it, it, I think of it, you know, the, we have, this is kind of expanding it a bit, but we have scripture, we have the Bible, which is uh, the word of God. Um, it has been left behind to help us in this uh, thing we call life <laughs> and, and trying to understand who God is and, and how God works in the world. Um, and I think there is a temptation for us to make the Bible itself um, the, uh, the the dwellings that we want to stay in, as opposed to looking to Jesus Christ, the Logos, the Word, the true Word of God, and how He transcends and understands um, and 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 reveals what's in Scripture to us. Yeah, we do not worship the Bible. We worship Jesus Christ and all of scripture exists to help us know Jesus more. Um, But it can be tempting, right? Uh, To want to use it as a manual or that sort of thing that will give us answers when we need them. I mean, I think we're like Peter, we're just terrified in life and that 
that's the easiest thing we can grab onto. We can physically make it, we can physically hold it and, 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 and latch onto it. And, and if we take it as a manual, that's a lot easier than trying to figure out how Jesus works in and amongst it. Yeah. And I never want to forget that listening is hard. <laughs> listening to Jesus, listening for God's call in my life, it's hard. And not in that it's strenuous, just that it doesn't bend to my will. And so I have to constantly be attuned and that kind of, you know, vigilance means that, you know, I can't tune out um, or numb myself with something. I have to be kind of always open to God speaking in my life. Yeah. So our quote today is from Ralph Waldo Emerson, who writes, all I have seen teaches me to trust the creator for all I have not seen. Thank you all for joining us today. We'll be back on Wednesday to talk about a psalm that I think goes along well with what we've talked about today. Now, may each of you go out to love and to serve, to be well, to care for yourselves and others, knowing that the grace and love of God is upon you. Amen. Amen.